Now the fun begins. Welcome back to another episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and of course, PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversation around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, review us, all that jazz, everything I tell you every week, wherever you get a podcast at, and... Follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast. Stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games like, and our dope giveaways. I'm your host as always, Travis White, a.k.a. Travelist on most internet platforms. Joining me as always, my partner in crime, Mike Peepak. Mike, what is good? What is going on? And naturally, as always, what have you been playing? Uh, yeah, for me, um, not ain't shit changed. Uh, just been playing some... Actually played... Like, 10 minutes of Infinite uh, over the weekend, so not Whoa. a whole lot of time, but a little bit of time spent uh, playing some Infinite. I had um, company over for the big game mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, if you live under a rock or in a country that's not America, I feel like it's even pretty big outside of America. But that means, uh, you know, I watched the Super Bowl, so that uh-huh. was a pretty big deal. Um, but outside of that, I've just been playing, actually have had a very steady diet of Phasmophobia nice. um, since the new update. So that's pretty much what I've been playing. Me and Adam hopped on Halo Wars for a game and then played a game of Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. But by and large, my steady diet has been Phasmophobia. Nice, nice. I, and I just opened up Steam just to see where I'm at. In the last two weeks, I played six minutes of Halo Infinite. Yep. I, and yeah, I'm right. wondering why I'm wondering why, like, my mental health is so, you know, so much better. Yeah. Not that. The, yeah. Just think like you could have three hundred and seventy six point four hours like me. Right. Not one hundred and seventy two. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. And like, I guess it's from like, it, it's weird because when I play the game on like in casual playlists and just like social playlists and stuff like that, I don't get rattled. But at the same time, too, like. I want to play ranked and competitive playlists like so I am going to get rattled (laughs) Mm -hmm. so and like that's the only way I'm going to play that game like not to the level obviously you're playing at but like when I play infinite I'm playing ranked matches outside of like okay yeah I'm gonna play a quick like uh match a SWAT just to like work on like my reaction real quick and like get warmed up kind of thing and then I'll play maybe if I want to do a quick like free for all or something like that like but outside of that I'm playing ranked games so like that's where I'm having all the difficulty with like everything involving network connection like that's where all the flaws of multiplayer are coming out right there boom smack dab right in the middle if I'm willing to play a casual experience I love the game it's fucking great but mm-hmm from a when i what i want to do primarily with the game is where i'm having all these issues at that i still believe can be solved and i still think that we can see i don't want to even say a return to form but i want to see i want to see this game swing back around but yeah game's dead bro i mean but once again too i mean we're sitting here without any co-op we're sitting here without forge you know and once again those have gotten delayed too so 
you know, it's just, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough to. Who needs that stuff? I mean, I would like. You have a, you have an alpha. I guess they're calling it a beta. You have a beta build of multiplayer for a game that was supposed to come out on time. Mm-hmm. You have a, a version of campaign that is whatever. And you have no co-op, no forge, no fucking, no dick, no nothing. You got absolutely nothing coming from them. Mm-hmm. Like, but who needs all that kind of stuff, man? You just need a multiplayer with no anti-cheat, broken ranking system that, like, honestly, for those of you out there that want to, like, that think, oh, you know, it's it's really not that bad. Competitive players need to quit crying about the mangler and this and that. Like, honestly, I went through and <clears throat> played quick play matches. I played about three of them in a row. Because your hidden MMR lasts from social and uh, bot slayer, actually. So if you make a brand new account, say you're a brand new player and you play against bots in the bot slayer game type, and you do really well against the bots, if you play one or two games against the bots, you get a hidden MMR, which will place you against, like when you play your ranked placement matches, you'll play against high onyx, mm-hmm. no matter what your rank is. So to test it, I went ahead and I played a, a few quick play games where. Um, I literally went 0 and 18. Like I just kept running out, shooting at someone, making sure they saw me. They'd shoot me once. And by the time I was done, the players were so bad. They'd shoot me once. I'd look down and have to throw grenades at my feet to kill me faster to get the games over with. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, I'm like almost ranked 2000 in crossplay. I'm ranked like 1900 Onyx in solo duo <laughs> and was playing ranked. And I'm getting like the lobby is just so bad because the teams are so stacked for me mm-hmm. and it only took three games for me to completely ruin my hidden mmr so nice. if you are complaining about your ranked games and how bad the team balancing is go throw a couple of games a quick play it doesn't matter it's not really going to hurt your kd or whatever and then come back into ranked play and you'll have a lot more fun oh there you go <laughs> yeah it's it's just ridiculous the ranked is so and not in a good way it's just the mmr and the ranked is just ridiculously unbalanced in my opinion where you know, it should be difficult. You, you should have difficulty climbing to a degree. Like it shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't be a cakewalk, but it also too shouldn't be, there needs to be more, there's more need to be more things either taken to, into consideration or balanced whenever you do drop a match, lose a match, especially if you're starting a match like I am half the time, fucking three V four. Well, yeah, I, or I'm just going to dip. You need to, I think overwatch for as many problems as overwatch has, the one thing they handle really well is how competitive play is with either rage quits or network connectivity issues or things like that, that, okay, within the, if you hang on, uh, you know, in case this was somebody who just DC'd by accident, they had network issues, they need to reboot the game, yada, yada. Uh, and they're not back in whatever it is, two minutes. Cool. Then if you leave, you're not going to be punished. It will count as a loss, but you won't see any of the effects of it being a loss for you. And that's a fair trade-off. Like, it's things like that that are simple, like, that could help solve this. And, you know, I I find it hard, like, it's a hard balance to do things like, you know, well, if you want to stop people from, you know, rage quitting, DCing, whatever, like, oh, you got to ban them hard. Well, that can happen, but then that gets you in a pickle of, okay, what if the game itself is causing you network issues? Like, what if you, you having to quit the game, like, you've, like... I've done multiple times. I've had the game hard crash on me or I've had, you know, random shit happen where I've need to hard quit the game or something like that for network issues. Or I'm not even able to like it boots me after a minute because I'm on 200 ping for some reason. Like 
things like that. Like, then I'm getting punished for that. That shouldn't be my fault. Like, these things aren't my fault. That it's not me getting pissed off and just quitting because, you know, I'm fucking sucking or something like that. Like, it just... There's ways that this game can be saved, I still think, in my opinion, but I, it just seems so quiet. It just seems still so quiet, but I don't want to make this whole show about that. Yeah, it is. I, I don't want to make this whole show about this anyways, but I did want to point out that it was... I, I'm shocked that I only played six minutes of this game over the past two weeks, which it is what it is. Um, anyways, though, uh, on my end, I... The majority of my time, for the most part, outside the stuff we've been playing, Hunt, I've uh, still been playing Black Ops over on uh, Rainbow Six, OG. Um, been kind of jumping in into a handful of things. I dipped my toe in the Lost Ark. We were actually just talking about this uh, before the show started, that we're going to all try to hop into that tonight and play that. Um, but kind of, it, it's weird because we're going to get into the rush of games that are coming out here soon. Like, I was looking at, just from a media standpoint, I put a tweet out today, I was like, Thinking out loud, we got Uncharted, the movie, that is, which, as everyone knows, and I know we're talking PlayStation here too, but just video games and media in general. But, like, y'all know how big of an Uncharted fan I am. The Uncharted movie, which is is going to be okay at best, but I'm still fucking hyped to go see it. Uh, it's just going to be turn my brain off, eat a lot of popcorn, and just chill. Um, the Uncharted movie, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, both come out tomorrow. Within the next week... The Witch Queen expansion for Destiny 2 comes out and Elden Ring. And then a week after that, the Batman comes out. Like, this is the best stretch that we're probably going to get of, like, media shit. At least in my opinion for right now. I'm and fucking I'll, hyped. Like When the Batman comes out, I'll be on my last year of 20s. You, it, That's right. That is a, that is a factual thing. on my birthday. Yep. One last ride. Uh, farewell tour of the 20s, as I've been calling it for myself Good lord yeah it fucking sucks man i trust me nothing makes you notice more gray hairs the like stray gray hairs that you'll have than when you hit 29 like it does it makes them I mean, yeah. st stick out like fuck that shit i've noticed like i even noticed today like when i was uh washing my hands in the bathroom i like noticed that i had a couple extra like gray hairs in my beard now that my beard's kind of grown out a little bit and i'm like mm -hmm. yeah i need to thin this shit out i can't have that <laughs> No, no, no. Give me till 30. Give me this last year and then I don't really care. I'll be I'll be a silver fox. I'm cool with that. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, but for in terms of main things I've been playing, uh, I'm still plugging away through my Dark Souls remastered playthrough. Um, I finally got through and by uh, plugging away. You mean you're getting plugged away by? Yes, 100 percent. It. it took me a solid week. Yeah, actually, it took me literally a week. Now, granted, we're talking probably three hours worth of time when you chop it all down to it to beat Oberstein and smog. The like when you, the boss battle that is two bosses in one, which is a pain in the ass that took fucking forever. But now I'm like fucking blowing through the next couple of like smaller areas and smaller bosses, but finally kind of in the back end of that game, I wanted to try to finish it before Elden ring. I don't know if that's going to get there for sure, but, um, but that's been a blast and kind of what I one of our topics I kind of wanted to bring up involving that and Elden Ring and whatnot um, that we're going to talk about later in the show. But uh, still having a blast with that. But it, it's I totally get why everyone loves Souls games in terms of like it's and we're going to kind of talk about this, but the punishing aspect of it, like I've I've swore up and down this fucking game like I've never like gotten mad enough where i'm throwing a controller or anything like that but like pissed off where i'm like i'm just fucking done i'm done for the night i'm getting off and Please? you know what's that 
the harpies the harpies were pissing me off but this was worse than the harpies like the harpies were like no these are just like standard like enemies they're like a little op they're just op for being standard enemies kind of thing um that there were issues with those like different issues that i was still getting pissed off but the boss for this was just completely i was like i'm i'm just done and finally beating it though the euphoria the rush of just serotonin to your brain of like that feeling of i fucking did this this game didn't want me to fucking do this but i fucking did it like that feeling is so rarely found i think in a lot of games today that it, it, you just are so able to see why people are like these games fucking rule this genre or this genre that from software really kind of i i think created but let's just say pioneered and made you know into the juggernaut that it is today so rewarding why so many people gravitate towards it but um but yeah outside of that too just kind of jumping into destiny kind of cleaning up some stuff trying to work my way through uh the end of the season that's here um and kind of clean up as much stuff as i can uh with the season pass and whatnot uh or the uh battle pass or whatever you want to call it for the season um before we get into witch queen which it'll it'll be up in there but by the time i finish I told myself originally I wasn't going to buy Horizon Forbidden West, but I'm probably going to now because I have no fucking not from the fact of, oh, I can't I don't want to go out and like spend the money to it. I don't really care about that. It's mostly the fact of, listen, Elden Ring's coming out next week. That's if I'm looking at hype, I'm a little more hyped for that, which is shocking to think about. But I know that's coming out next week. I know me picking up Horizon, starting it unless I just fucking like man it this weekend which i'm not going to like i'm gonna play it a lot but it's not going to be like all i'm probably doing unless i really get you know because i think molly will want to play it with me so we'll see how often she wants to play in there if it's one of those things she just says oh fuck it go ahead keep playing um <laughs> but we'll we'll see about that it's kind of up in the air so i don't think i'm gonna have like I don't, i'm not gonna man i'm not gonna beat this game in a week probably like it's too big i think to with my you know, free time and whatnot and balancing everything else. Like it's not where I have a feeling Elden Ring is going to be that game where like, yes, that's all I'm doing kind of thing. Um, so, but at the same time too, all the reviews, which it, that's the whole reason behind this, it's getting good press out on this game, like, or in games in general, reviews are supposed to, are the ultimate marketing material for a good game. Like if that's what you're looking to, you know, get out of the game that, I'm just like, fuck, not from the sense of like, oh, I, I, I don't want to play it. It's just I know that I if I don't at least start it now and try to get through it, I'm going to get spoiled on it. Um, right. Just with how I am with it. me, somebody who loves third person action, narrative driven games like I just know I'm going to get spoiled on that. So fuck it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pick that up and fucking play that. But Elden Ring is right around the corner. So it's just kind of like there's just too much shit and it's trying to balance all that. I'm not good. I'm one of those people, unless it's like a Phasma, you know, uh, Siege or, you know, even Hunt, like things like that that I could pop in and out of pretty easily. Like I'm usually a one game type of person. Like I got to beat. I've got to if I'm starting this game, I'm beating it, then moving on um, kind of thing, unless it's like a live service style game. But Anyways, I digress, Mike. Let's head into the meat of our show. And only a couple big topics. One kind of breaking, and it's not necessarily breaking. It's just like, it's just, it is going to be for the, I think the next week going to be a conversational topic. Um, but, and really both of these are, but let's start with this, I want to say, quote unquote, smaller one. 
And what I was kind of talking about before and hinting at before when it comes to Soulsborne and stuff like that, really, naturally, as another Soulsborne game that is coming out, the conversation around difficulty in games and difficulty in these games and, you know, traditionally from software games not having difficulty options, it's starting to come back again. And even with uh, Sifu over on PlayStation 5, like, another game that is being really praised for, you know, some of the things it's doing mechanically as a game. It's kind of the same way, which granted now the developers have come out and said, Hey, we're adding an easy mode and a hardcore mode. Like, okay. So like that kind of, well then changes the meta of the game and everything like that, what people were kind of praising, but also does help out the kind of thing that people have been having issues with of, man, I want this game to be quote unquote more accessible and things like that. Um, and are kind of putting pointing the you know finger at potentially gatekeeping this game through its difficulty. But I kind of want to talk about that a little bit because now that I'm kind of like balls deep into like Souls games and stuff like that, and like actually finding it, they got the hook in me now. I get it now. I, I I'm all, I'm all in. You know, I think the conversation is really interesting heading into Elden Ring with how. What really, I guess, from software, how they've changed a little bit with their wording and how they're approaching this game, how they're approaching difficulty in games, and really just kind of kind of want to talk about that idea of difficulty in games, you know, really right now in modern and the modern landscape of the games industry and what that kind of, you know, sets for us. And uh, Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN had a pretty good write up on this and just kind of the approach of, you know, what from software is doing to kind of balance difficulty throughout the game without actually putting a quote unquote slider in there or a difficulty option and just make it, Hey, this is the game we're developing and this is how we want you to experience it kind of thing. So like I said, link in the description, go over there, give Ryan a click over at IGN from software says that it's seeking to balance Elden Ring's difficulty with one particularly frustrating network test among the elements being tuned for the final version. But there will be some different, uh, some difficult bosses, some of which will reportedly rank among the most difficult the series has ever seen. Speaking with Gamer Braves, Elden Ring producer uh, Yashorio Kitao uh, covered a variety of options pertaining to the final release, which is due later this month. Among them, he discussed the difficulty balance, saying that the network tests showcase boss uh, Margaret the Fallen Omen, or the Fell Omen, I'm sorry, was, quote, just too hard. Nevertheless, Elden Ring will have a myriad of optional bosses to test the skills of top players, some of which will be very difficult. Quote, in terms of bosses that are un unessential and optional and hidden, there are some of these that we have deliberately increased the challenge for the those players who want to seek out this kind of experience. Hopefully, if you're that kind or that way inclined, you can seek out some really tough challenges hidden away in the world, Kyoto said. From software, Souls games have had a long history of very difficult optional bosses. They include the likes of Bloodborne's uh, Martyr Lagarius, who will test your ability to parry attacks with heavy punishing mistakes. The DLC bosses are even nastier with expansions like the Old Hunters, uh, notably featuring some of the toughest bosses in From Software's history. As Elden Ring is as Elden Ring is open world and From Software's biggest game to date, there may be even or there may be more of the secret bosses than ever before. Game director uh, Hitaki Miyazaki recently co commented that he expects more players to finish Elden Ring than the studio's previous game, perhaps because its biggest challenge are often or off the beaten path. Elsewhere or elsewhere in the interview, Katao 
addresses issues like the HUD and other challenges from the network test. It's worth reading in full if you obviously want to jump over there and check that out. Uh, and I can put that in the description as well. But kind of thinking about this out loud, Mike, where do you right now, like we we're just talking as two, me being 29, you almost 29, at this point in our lives with video games, I like to think you enjoy traditionally quote unquote more difficult challenges in games than I do. Um, and granted, I'm getting a little bit more inclined to pick up more challenging games and kind of tackle more challenging games uh, that I find quote unquote fair. But where do you kind of stand right now with this philosophy, like philosophy with difficulty really in games? Like, do you think most games coming out, you know, need to be more quote unquote accessible if that's what we're wanting to kind of approach it as, um, you know, cause I like to think that, you know, yeah, I want games to be as accessible for people at, you know, in any capacity, whether that's, you know, people who have disabilities or anything like that, that kind of have that barrier to them. But at the same time, I'm also one of those people that I do like to side with developers vision for games. Um, and I want them to be able to produce the kind of art that they want to provide us that may have a specific message or meaning to it that can only be experienced one way. So where do you kind of stand with everything with difficulty in gaming right now? I guess, you know, while we're kind of in this direction, just because you brought it up um, just recently, and it's not something that I really took consideration of is, um, you know, I try to be an empathetic, empathetic person. I try to put myself in other people's shoes. And I guess, you know, what starts to come to mind is like, I didn't even consider like handicapped individuals or mm -hmm. accessibility, like people who need accessibility features in games. That's not something that was really on my radar. And I like to be empathetic and think that maybe I could know how they feel. But at the same time, I, I like to, at the same time, I like to try to not assume that I would know how someone would feel in this, in this uh, situation. Right. Um, no, a hundred percent. With that, I don't really know where to begin to even get on a wavelength that I could understand that. So I'll go, you know, I've been kind of historically on the side of like, there's just some video games that just might not be for you. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, like, it might be okay that maybe Elden Ring won't be for you, or maybe a Soulsborne game just isn't for you. And, mm -hmm. and you know, not every game has to be for every person. 100%. I think... From a studio standpoint, they would like everybody to play their games, obviously, oh, for, sure. for monetary reasons. But at the same time, if you know you don't like Dark Souls games, you're obviously not going to play them. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why you don't like them. Um, I was born, you know, a long time ago, obviously. And now <laughs> I'm... Fucking old fogey. <laughs> I grew up, like, playing NES games. Mm -hmm. There were some games that I didn't even play Battletoads as a kid, but there are games nes games that are just very very difficult oh yeah you might never beat them you might never beat punch out but that doesn't mean you're not gonna like you're gonna stop playing them because it's it's rewarding in that sense mm -hmm. and i'm not trying to say that every game nowadays needs to be like an nes game in design where it's like impossible to beat or anything but at the same time there are just some things that aren't going to be for you. Mm -hmm. For instance, I haven't really got back into the Witcher because I was still competing in Halo mm -hmm. that I've taken about a week and a half off of Halo and have felt great since. So I don't know 
that I foresee myself getting back into Halo per se. But if I do, I don't want to start playing The Witcher and then, you know, just be like, oh, you know, I'm I'm back to competing in Halo again and kind of lose all that effort and all that drive that I put in towards The Witcher. All this is to say, like, there are just some games that aren't for me. And I know that and I don't hold it against anyone when these games aren't for me. Um if you're someone who might not enjoy Soulsborne games, you might not enjoy the difficulty levels and under and everything. Mm-hmm. I totally get that, but at the same time, you know, there is gonna be a lot of content creators that are gonna produce content on this game, whether mm-hmm. it be through Twitch streams, whether you maybe want to, you know, do like I'm sure there's gonna be like let's plays, or there's gonna be people that produce content on YouTube also, and I have found myself going to like i didn't know i was gonna like phasmophobia until i watched it on youtube and twitch and thought man that looks really interesting Uh i didn't know i was gonna love um resident evil 7 until i saw it on youtube or twitch like Uh i've been a resident evil fan per se but not really it was kind of a blind spot of mine and i've admitted that (laughs) and content creators kind of woke me up to the air of my ways excuse me hold on All right, I think I'm good. Um, that a boy. <laughs> so, with all that being said, I think that there are going to be some games out there that just aren't people, certain people's styles. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, no. I think they have gone a little bit in a unique direction by saying some of the most difficult bosses are going to be off the beaten path. That might. That's probably the most reasonable way I could really see someone implementing some type of difficulty into the game that doesn't affect core gameplay Mm -hmm. because i've said you know legendary halo is halo one is a fun challenge halo two is a bit of an annoyance and a pain a lot of an annoyance and a pain in the ass because (laughs) of the jackals but also i don't really like games that make difficulty based off of oh every single covenant enemy is going to shoot at the master chief first and then they'll shoot at everyone else once he's dead Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of the way that they did Legendary is like, you're going to take the most damage, which kind of makes sense. But in a firefight, I don't think every little grunt and jackal is going to have the wherewithal to only shoot at Master Chief. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And like those types of things feels like uh, feel like cop outs to me when you're talking about difficulty. And I don't want games to be cheap on their difficulty, which is something that someone who plays a Soulsborne game should probably watch their tongue because a lot of people would probably be like, what are you talking about? All the enemies in those games are cheap. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to say, like... Oh, trust me. The amount of times that, like, even with our, even with the uh, Oberstein and uh, Smog battle, mm-hmm. fucking... The amount of times that, like, how you would approach it, uh, and, you know, I'm sure Souls veterans are sitting there like, oh, this fucking, like, this fucking noob, kind of, like, <laughs> talking about how you want to approach it and things like that. Like what's nice about those games is even though they are designed for you to experience in a very certain way, it's almost fair. It's almost like, I really want to say it's like a chode. It's fucking wide. It's small, but it's wide. Like as fucked up as that sounds. (laughs) I know that's the horror. That's a horrible analogy, but it's like the width of what you're able to do within that certain parameter is really interesting because the bosses will do whatever to just fucking annihilate you. And I mean that in the fact of, in terms of cheap design, you may think, and nine, you know, 90% of the time, if you go behind a pillar during that, 
battle, you're going to be able to have the enemies. They don't clip through like the asset of the enemy running into the asset of the environment in terms of the pillar. Those two are both solid objects. So they're going to in their tracking path towards you when they're trying to attack. If you're right behind it, they're going to run into that and just kind of try to keep running to it until you move out into another direction. So you're able to center them in one point. And typically, if they attack you, it's not going to it's going to provide you cover in a sense. Mm -hmm. Except maybe, you know, a certain point in the pillar where, you know, if uh, Overseen's spear goes through it, you could technically die. And that's cheap because it's not supposed to do that, but it did. And his attacks are, you know, no matter how high your vitality is, it's going to take away half of it for the most part. Like, so it's stuff like that. I, not to interrupt you, but like, yeah, it's there. It is based around like, shit, you have to find a way to do this no matter what. And you could do it in any way you want, but you're not going to be able to turn down the difficulty on this. Like, you just have to figure it out. It, they're going to be cheap. If you want to be cheap, that's fine. But like, just fucking figure it out. Like, not to be, I hate using the phrase, but you got to get good kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, a game comes to mind, um, Ninja Gaiden for the Xbox, not the original NES. Mm -hmm. But Ninja Gaiden for the Xbox was a game that oh, didn't you come mean the Ninja meter. You mean Ninja Gaiden? As in, are you going to, that eventually became released as Ninja Gaiden Black that we have an episode on? Yes. Yeah. So, as Ninja in, Gaiden, as in, <laughs> go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden, the first one mm -hmm. came out on original Xbox, didn't have a difficulty meter. Um, then they released Ninja Gaiden Black, which is pretty, which is pretty universally like the, the preferred game, but not just because of um, the difficult, like, not just because there's a Ninja Dog difficulty on it, mm -hmm. that if you die like three or four times in a row, it'll ask you, hey, do you want to go down to Ninja Dog? Um, and the way that that game worked was pretty interesting. Like, I found myself having a lot of trouble with the one final boss when I was a little bit younger. So, uh, you know, I, I turned it down the Ninja Dog difficulty, learned the ropes of how to defeat said boss, and then when I turned the difficulty back up, beat him, like, first try. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And with Ninja Gaiden Black, when I speedrun it, I cheese the shit out of bosses because it's what you have to do in a speed run. But I take pride and joy in like, there's not a cookie cutter one-off, like easy way to beat every single enemy, every single boss. I think that's a relatively interesting and pretty fun personally, mm -hmm. but that's not to say that everyone's going to feel that way. But as far as like difficulty sliders are concerned, I understand the community out there that's like, please don't add difficulty sliders. Please don't dumb this down, blah, blah, blah. Then I also understand the other side that's like, hey, can you make it so everyone can play the game? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense that you guys are going to cut uh, per, uh, potential fans and, and things of that nature off simply because you guys won't budge on a difficulty meter. And, all like, both of them make a whole lot of sense, and I see both sides of the coin. Um, for me, I'm strictly on, like, some games just aren't going to be for you, and, and mm -hmm. that's really okay. Yeah. It, it, it is. Like, you wouldn't go play a shooting game if you know you hate them, so why are you going to play a Soulsborne game if you know you hate them? Or, that's just yeah. Yeah, oh, no, no. And I, I definitely agree that, yeah, you know, I'm glad people, like, there are games that I like that I know, like, most people are like, oh, cringe, or like, oh, that's not, like, like, Uncharted. Like, I have a fucking Uncharted tattoo. I understand it's just Indiana Jones. But like, I love that about it. Like, did you ever, did you like 
has any has anyone that complains about Indiana Jones ever seen the uh, been to Disney World and seen like the exhibit at Hollywood Studios on how they did all the stunts and shit? Yeah, like fucking like, shit's pretty cool, <laughs> right? Yeah, like it's just like there are action. It's it's like Fast and Furious. Like, listen, I understand Fast and Furious is dog shit. Like it's it's not good. It's campy. Like it is, but. That's what I like about it. It's just fast cars. You turn your brain off and you just fucking laugh at some of the crazy shit they do. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and then you're going to make fun of fucking Vin Diesel talking about family, family, family. And somehow having all these convicts at his fucking bar, having his all these convicts at a barbecue somehow without the police, like somehow showing up to his fucking house. Or, or moreover, the police are complicit. In yeah, no they, they're like, oh, like, fried chicken, I'm going to come. <laughs> like, like, oh, we need all these convicts that are really good at driving cars to do this. Like, we're here to okay. arrest you. Wait, are those scalloped potatoes? Oh, well, <laughs> that'd be me. I fucking love scalloped potatoes. God damn it. Um, but like at, at the same time, like. I, I like trying different things, and if I wouldn't have tried a Soulsborne game because I always thought and really just difficult games in general. Like I always thought that I'm like, you know what? I'm just not into that. There are some games that like, like I like challenging things like Uncharted, for example, I always play Uncharted games. Now, really after, since I've gotten into Uncharted, like usually I try to platinum the games and get the platinum trophy and whatnot or achievements, whatever. Like I'm one of those people. So I will play through on crushing difficulty, but when I first started playing those games, like I go to those games more or less because I enjoy the narrative of those games. I enjoy the world that you're showing me and the style of game that is. But at the same time too, I enjoy a challenge afterwards, after I soak in the story and enjoy it, just like The Last of Us and things like that. Like I do like going back and playing a harder difficulty, like Master Mode on Breath of the Wild. Like after I soak in that world for a while, I go back and I play through on a harder difficulty. Um, but there are games that I like growing up, like I remember there were times where I'd get stuck in fucking uh, Morrowind on certain like quests. And I'm just like, I don't have like even then. Now, granted, as an adult, like looking back on how to how you do like assess those games and really how much of a CRPG that game was like, yeah, I probably just didn't have the correct build of a character to go and do that. Like so. But me as a kid, I'm like, well, I just want to keep playing through it. I want to get to the next thing. I'm just going to turn the difficulty down. Like, that is nice to have those accessibility options. But at the same time, though, you know, that isn't necessarily the way that that game was intended to be played. And that's okay. But whenever, if you, like, I, now that I understand and, like, have got the soul's bug in terms of, yes, the loop that these games produce, the stop like the the gist the the i don't want to say the gimmick but like the thing that pulls you into these games i i get that it, it, it's that euphoria you do get when you finally conquer something that is so fucking difficult that you're banging your head off a wall metaphorically i'd hope that you know took you forever to fucking beat and you finally did it you finally pulled out a way to make it work you clutched up you, you quote unquote got good that euphoria after drives you for then you're instantly like i'm ready to take i want to i want to see what's next if that's i got a couple more like in granted i'm using a guide playing the game because i don't necessarily like i wish there was a little more direction in at least dark souls remastered like i wish there was a little more direction in dark souls to help me kind of point me in the right direction at least doesn't have to be like hey you have to go that way but like hey like 
potentially you might want to go talk to this person outside of that it's like you just are dropped into the world and you're just like okay start going somewhere like kind of thing but more or less like I want to, it makes me want to go and just like move on to the next thing. It makes me want to, you know, experience that. And if I haven't, wouldn't have tried that, I wouldn't have never known. Like, I would have never known that, yeah, I do like Soulsborne games. Like, I've always, I always felt that intimidation by them. But at the same time, too, saying that, I see the side of it is I don't think I would feel as great as I do about these games if I didn't have that euphoric moment of, really getting good or getting past a really tough boss like that's the that's this game was specifically designed that way for you to experience that and have that feeling of that old school feeling of you know like you're saying games like the original ninja guy on nes like games like um you know i mean fuck just name name a really name an, a specific an nes specific game that you want to talk about later levels of even like super mario one like we're talking about like games that are hey you die you're done like that's it like still based off the ideology of these games are these quote-unquote toys are made to pump quarters into where now people play those game style of games because they just love the challenge knowing that hey i could spend you know what would be the equivalent of a fucking like Santa bag full of quarters on this game that I could just play forever and keep going back to and keep playing. And it feeds that, you know, that hook that it puts in you of that difficulty. Um, it's, it's really interesting though, that, and it, we see this come up, like we saw it come up, especially to, I think when I, at least I saw it m the most come up when, Sekiro came out and a lot of people were saying man this looks really interesting man I'm really a big fan of XYZ game that is similar to that and the aesthetic of you know feudal Japan like I'm really interested in I want it like the lore of this in the omniance of this game of you know in the everything about this game looks really interesting but I don't like the difficulty I want to be able to play this game and experience this game and really have a you know really like soak into it but i don't like it being too hard like i i want to and we slowly started to kind of see that seep into other games as we've gone on and it's really 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 interesting to see how from software is not necessarily like they've said like we want people to experience our game like you said like i'm sure from a financial standpoint obviously everyone every developer wants everyone in the world to play their game because that means they're selling a ton of it and people enjoy it and they want to get more of it. And then a sequel comes and then, you know, like people want that. They want everyone to experience their game. But From Software has also been pretty vocal of like, we designed this game for a specific, not for a specific audience, but more so for a specific, we designed this game specifically to be challenging and turning that or like adjusting that would be detrimental to the vision of this game and what you get out of it. And not in the sense of we don't want you to play or, you know, if and it's and like you were saying, it's a different conversation when it comes to, hey, this is somebody who has a physical handicap that unfortunately prevents them from playing this game or things like that. Like there's a different for me, at least there's a different conversation to be had with that that I feel like could be much more impactful of, okay, well, maybe let's try to find some way to do it. And because I'm all about, I think, I still think The Last of Us 2 
has one of the best examples of accessibility in games. And uh, Steve Saylor, the blind gamer uh, over on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and everything, go check him out. Um, he actually just joined, I believe, Raven uh, Software, the Call of Duty developer, uh, to be the accessibility, uh, the accessible accessibility, if I can spit it out, um, coordinator or whatever kind of position it is. But he's going to basically be the consulting end of accessibility on their games. And he did the same thing with The Last of Us Part Two. And seeing some of the options that were given for accessibility in The Last of Us Part Two are it's incredible um, that I want to see so many games have. But it is that kind of tightrope, you know, that it's just hard to really kind of think of, you know, it's one of those things. So many people want to have their cake and eat it, too. And it might just be the easiest answer of, like you said, Mike, maybe some games aren't for everyone and that's OK. But just because they're difficult doesn't mean that and even Michael Huber brought this up on the most recent frame trap over at easy allies like talking about Sifu he was like if people would if you're you know like I said take it take the what you think of accessibility when you talk about that in terms of you know handicaps and things like that take it from the sense of this is somebody who is fully able to play this game at the full capacity and everything like that you know, it's one of those things that, oh, well, how many times did you fail? You know, oh, I, I gave I couldn't beat this boss, you know, the second boss in the game. So I just, you know, decided to give up on it. Oh, like that stinks. that It just didn't click with you. You know, how many times do you try to fight them? Uh, only twice. And he was like, well, you're not really trying then not to. He's like not being like, oh, you know, good, yada, yada. But like games like this, you know, like really with anything in life, like if you want to get good at it, you have to practice it. It takes, it's going to take some, most people just don't walk up and like, you know, most people never touch a baseball bat in the, in their life. Don't just walk into a major league, you know, field and hit a home run, like off of major league pitchers. They don't. So it takes time. It takes decades, you know, perfecting your craft to get there. And just with anything, like if you want to get good at something, you have to, you know, practice and you have to try it, keep trying and, you know, take notes and, you know, mental notes and learn. And I just think it's really interesting of like so many times I think with these games, and I think that's why you're seeing from, from software, especially um, Miyazaki coming out and saying like, I think this is going to be the game that is finished the most from our lineage of Soulsborne games, because it seems like they're trying to find this perfect balance of if you want more challenges, they're there. But the, you know, we're talking challenges in terms of like difficult, like super hard, high end challenges. They're there. But if you stick to the, you know, the golden path or whatever you want to call it, it might not be as difficult if you put the time in and actually beat it because we're giving you more options to tackle this game, not necessarily degrading the integrity of our vision of the game. And I think that's really, really interesting to think about. Um, Mike, any kind of final things on this before we move into the second part of the episode? Um, just kind of, I know, I know I rambled a little bit. I tend to, but um, I didn't want to cut you off too, too soon on it. The only thing I really wanted to say or add to it is like, like you said, you don't pick up a baseball bat the first time and, and you're not hitting dingers. You don't pick up a golf club. I mean, God, if, if anyone golfs out there, you know, you don't just pick up a golf <laughs> club and start striping at 300 yards. You, no. you don't like kind of see how to do an integral and you're all of a sudden just an integral master and obviously Calc 2 is just a cakewalk for you. Like, none of that is true. And I agree. Like, you can't just 
try something twice and then say, oh, I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, then you're not going to get very far in life. Like, I hate to be one of those assholes, but, like, you're just not going to succeed in anything you do if you're only going to try it twice and, you know, call it a day. Unless it's, like, some hardcore drug. Like, (laughs) I recommend (laughs) trying it over and over again until you have fun with it, but, like... Please don't do crack. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I just don't want people to think that, like, everything's supposed to be easy. And, yeah. Uh, and, and two, kind of playing off that, and I promise I'll let you finish that, finish that thought, but just because my ass will forget it. But, um, but what you're kind of saying, though, like, when it comes to difficulty, yeah, like, I totally, I totally agree. But at the same time, it is okay to not, like, I, there's so many games that just sitting here looking at, like, my fucking, bookcase full of games that i have over the year from over the years like there are games on here that i bought and played a couple hours of and just fell off like just because i'm like "Eh, it wasn't for me i don't feel bad that i spent the money on it because me personally i still want to like it may not be for me but i'm glad it, it i'm glad somebody's piece of art out there exists and i'm happy to support that unless it's like fucking nazi propaganda or anything like that but you get what I mean, where yeah. I'm I'm OK with that. But some other people aren't in the sense of, fuck, I spent $60 on this game, 70 now or whatever you want to call. You know, I've spent X amount on this game and I didn't get my money out of it. I understand that at the same time, too. Like, right. People have different values on that. Sorry, I promise I won't interrupt you. To finish You're your good. And no, like, I, I think, you know, there are people who make content for certain groups or you know certain target audiences and video games are no different like i don't know where people became so entitled as to think that game all games should be a easy for them to beat b um simple like i just don't know where everyone gets off on having that type of idea because you know if i heard who your favorite band was if your favorite band is just for memes we'll say it's nickelback um like if your favorite band's nickelback and no matter what anyone else's opinion is on them like if you enjoy them that's great for you i I don't like when people bash people you know for being whatever but like basically you me coming up and hearing that your favorite band's nickelback how like ridiculous would it be for me to be like i think they should fucking play country like I don't know what the fuck they're they're doing playing rock music. These these motherfuckers need to go to like go to uh, Nashville and play country because they suck at rock. Like that's it's it's not that far of a stretch for me to say like oh you know you coming in and saying every video game should be the way you like it. That's it's the same. It's almost the same argument. Or oh you know whoever you know whoever made all the Insidious movies like that director or that writer who writes horror movies like mm-hmm. that motherfucker should be making dramas i don't know what the fuck he's doing making horrors like this guy's a clown like <laughs> fucking just make dramas dude it's not that fucking hard like that's kind of the same thing people are saying when they're like just make it easy and make it so i can beat it that's the way i that's the way i see it is like it's none of your fucking business if it's if it's if it's someone else's art if you don't like it you don't like it that's fine but yeah it doesn't mean that they should be um you know they should have to change their product and unfortunately Um, being from America, I'm someone who, although I think certain people are completely and totally fucking asinine and ridiculous, that's part of being an American is understanding that like they have freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. So 
if they want to sit there and spew garbage, like you might have your own opinions on someone who's a hot topic right now, Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. but silencing him isn't going to help anyone who is against that person because all you're doing is validating his audience and saying like, oh, there's a reason they don't want him to be heard because mm-hmm. he's fucking right. He's right. All these other people are wrong. And that's kind of a really roundabout way for me to get to saying like, if it's just not your thing, it's not your art either, so don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, and and I'm I'm right there with you. It's it's definitely it, it, you're just playing into it at that point, and it's it, but even though it, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, you have the at the same time you have the right to say those things and all of that. You're it sucks. Like I may not fucking like to listen to that person, or you know, and I have no real fucking opinion on Joe Rogan one way or another, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but point yeah, being, you have the right. You have the right to say that shit, but it doesn't make you any less of an asshole. Right, exactly. As long as you it's, know you're an asshole, that's fine. It's like the In it's like the opinion. meme that Adam and I have shared before, where it's like when Trump got banned on Twitter. It's like, yeah, he's allowed to say that shit, but also Facebook or Twitter is a you know a, they're allowed to they have a terms of service and everything like that. Like you could be you could say that, but like and you're allowed to you're legally allowed to say that, but that doesn't mean that the person hearing that is also not allowed to think that you're an asshole and show you the door. Right. Like they're allowed to do that too. Like they can not listen to you. Like you're allowed to say it. That doesn't mean somebody's going to listen and doesn't mean that you're, you know, not an asshole, but point being, I, I agree with what you, what you're saying, but anywho, Mike, let's head on to our last news story for the week and topic. And this one literally popped up like right before we went live. And I, I just wanted to kind of comment on it a little bit. Cause I think this is going to be one of those ones that, Really, both of these, since Elden Ring is going to come out next week and whatnot. But I think this story is also going to kind of be part of the conversation because it has been part of the conversation for a little while that it's just natural this is going to come up and somebody would talk to them. And it's interesting that they're now saying it, but this comes from Video Game Chronicle and Andy Robson over there writing saying Ubisoft says it can stay independent, but quote, would receive or review any buyout offers. Uh, CEO Yves Gamont responds to speculation that the Assassin's Creed publisher could be sold. So, as I said, Andy Robinson over at VGC wrote this. Link in the description, go over there, give Andy a click. He does great work over there. Ubisoft has told investors it believes it can remain independent amid the recent trend of consolidation in the games industry. M&A activity in the games industry hit a record $85 billion in 2021 and has been forecasted to reach $150 billion this year, with huge deals such as Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard and Take-Two's buyout of Zynga uh, have already been announced in 2022's opening months. Asked in an earnings call on Thursday if Ubisoft believed it would be able to guarantee access to the various gaming platforms it releases its games on in the future, should it uh, should it resist any of the consolidation happening in the industry, CEO Yves Gamont said he believed it would. Quote, we will continue to have access to all those platforms because all of the platforms need great content. If we are continuing to do great content like we do today, uh, we will ha- be able to access all the platforms, he says. Quote, if we look at Nintendo, we have the number one third-party publisher on it. Nintendo is interested in everything we do, and we are we are even developing games with their brands, so the collaboration exists and is very fruitful. The exec said he believes Ubisoft could remain independent, but that any offers to buy the company would be reviewed in the interest of its shareholders. Quote, we have always taken decisions in the interest uh, in the interest of our shareholders, which are our employees, players, and shareholders. 
or stakeholders, I'm sorry, uh, which are our employees, players, and shareholders. Ubisoft can remain independent. We have the talent, the financial scale, and a large portfolio of original IPs, Gibbon added. Having said that, if there were any offers to buy us, the board of directors would, of course, uh, review it in the interest of the stakeholders. CFO Frederick Dugat added later in the call, we will not speculate on why people haven't made any offers, Gimont also added, or if any offers were made. Uh, Doug continued, what we can say is we have high value assets, we have the scale to remain independent and create, uh, create very meaningful value in our future because we have... We have scale in terms of our workforce, engineering, technology, IPs, and engaged communities. That's why we are able to serve so many platforms today with such high-quality content. Of course, we won't speculate anymore on any potential interest in buying Ubisoft. Ubisoft is one of the biggest third-party games publishers in the world and owns brands such as Assassin's Creed, Rainbow Six, Far Cry, and Just Dance. So it's interesting to say and also to uh he mentions as well about how jeff Keeley at one point i guess i could just continue it but uh discussing industry consolidation earlier this month influence influential finger jeff Keeley suggested more major deals could be announced sooner rather than later the games award creator tweeted quote have heard from multiple people as as you uh, might suspect there are a few other big video game deals in final stages of negotiations it's going to be an interesting year um this obviously comes on the heels of not only Activision, Activision Blizzard being bought by Microsoft, but Bungie being bought by uh, Sony as well. Um, it's interesting now that it kind of seems like almost, it almost seems like Thanos with the fucking Infinity Gauntlet going after all the fucking stones, just being like, that one's done, that one's done, that one's done, this one's next. Like, it, I think it's natural at this point for so many people to just be like, well, yeah, Ubisoft's going to get bought. Like, and water is wet like because of not only i mean really bethesda set the precedent of yes a quote-unquote large third-party uh publisher can get gobbled up pretty quickly by one of the large like by a first-party publisher and can go in uh can go first party and is willing to move from their independence and do that um you know and like i keep saying it makes those you know, rumors and, you know, kind of speculation that EA was in talks with Microsoft or Microsoft inquired about EA very much solidified that I believe that happened, like because of how the landscape looks right now. So just kind of like, obviously, Mike, like I said, this is, I think, going to be a topic of conversation kind of moving forward and has really been since Activision's uh, acquisition. But I mean, I think... I think it's inevitable that we see another major entity like a Ubisoft and EA, somebody kind of get gobbled up here soon. But, you know, it kind of goes off of what we've been talking about. I mean, is that kind of consolidation good? I mean, should should Ubisoft want to say, like, should we still have in, you know, these large scale entities while we have issues with them? You know, I have issues with how certain franchises are handled with Ubisoft that I have a lot of, you know, fond memories with and you know memories that i still have with that i'm making still to this day with assassin's creed and rainbow six and whatnot but even with like things like or companies like ea you know of all the issues we have with ea and their ip and things like that and how they handle that is consolidation the right move for that even yeah um I know that's kind of a bigger, you know, ball of wax, too. We don't have to get into that deeply, but mostly just, you know, where does Ubisoft, could they even fit in with all this? 
I definitely remember a week or two ago me saying that Ubisoft is probably next. It's and, it's uh, like in fucking Step Brothers whenever <laughs> whenever Will Smith's getting his ass spanked and like and uh, what's his name Robert Duvall turns around and he's like you're next Mister yes sir literally yes sir <laughs> it's like uh, it's like um, the meme that was going around with Area Fifty One when Christian Bale's you know in uh american psycho yeah but the pointing and the your next pal yes that's kind of that's kind of what i thought about like, oh it would be soft also I, I think the reason why i called it, it was richard jenkins not robert duvall um mm-hmm. got those two mixed up i uh, the dad's name in that was robert doback that's probably why how could i forget yeah. doback you know like <laughs> yeah. anyway, anyways wasn't robert duvall i didn't want to get called out for that god forbid but <laughs> but uh yeah i mean I think it makes sense for Ubisoft to kind of posture like this. And in a business sense, if they did get an offer from someone else, this isn't necessarily off. Like this isn't behaving in, in what in the business world is known as good faith. Mm -hmm. If you've gotten an offer from PlayStation for $65 million and you don't think it was adequate or you don't think it's what you deserve. So you go ahead and you go public like this. This isn't acting in good faith in a negotiation tactic this is 100 a bad faith tact like tactic so i don't know that ubisoft would be so crazy to go out there and just spew this information out because you're kind of burning that bridge um you know i don't think that they've been offered or anything yet but i will say that all of a sudden when you don't have to worry about dollar signs and you don't have to worry about games of service maybe you finally make a good rainbow six game mm-hmm. i mean i'm just gonna throw it out there the last few rainbow six games they've made have been such fucking pig shit including siege it's fucking garbage like maybe you'll finally make a good rainbow six game when you don't have to worry about how much money you're bringing in to keep the doors open mm-hmm. maybe you'll make a good assassin's creed or god forbid get the fuck away from it for a little bit because how many more assassins what are you gonna do assassin's creed revolutionary war next are you going to try to fucking stop hey, John, hey, stop hey, John hey, Wilkes hey. booth? Like, that was Assassin's Creed 3, damn it. Okay, well, yeah, exactly. That's the point. <laughs> what the fuck are you going to do next? Are right. you going to Atlantis that doesn't even exist? Like, hey, that already happened. To... That already happened, Jesus man. Christ. Where the hell are you going to go next? Are you going to try to save Amelia Earhart from the fucking... Okay, Amelia I don't think Triangle? they've touched that one yet. I don't think they've touched okay, that. Okay, exactly. That's my point. You don't need to keep <laughs> doing this shit anymore when you are, you know, acquired by someone else. That's my whole opinion on it. I, I don't want to get too deep into it because I'm going to sound like a fucking maniac, but, like, Ubisoft has so much promise and it has some of my favorite IPs of all time tied under it. But you're just fucking releasing Sam Fisher as a downloadable character in games right. that you have to pay for. It's just such a spit in the face to pay. It for. took all of this just to get a remake, not not a new Literally. entry, a remake of Splinter Cell. All of this. Just it, I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I, I I don't have much else to say about it other than just get your shit together and hopefully they get acquired by someone. And you know, if it's good guy Microsoft, and I'm using that in kind of a tongue-in-cheek way, mm-hmm. but if it's good guy Microsoft, hopefully they say, hey, motherfuckers, how about you make a good Rainbow Six game? We don't want a game of service. You don't need to worry about the dollar signs anymore. Just make a good fucking game, dude. That's it. Yeah, and 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 realistically, at the end of the day, too, that's how, when you look at you know something like Game Pass, I mean, that right there alone is the easiest way to be like, okay, cool, you're good. You don't have to worry about anything, like... We have Game Pass that'll take care of all of the, you know, uh, the live service end of anything. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, as long as we have people on Game Pass, they're going to be playing this game. Or, like, we're going to have people playing this game. Like, 
mm-hmm. you're good. Or hey, go free to play, and there you don't even have to like we you you have the you don't have the pressure of going free to play and needing the monetization. You have that with us. Like we can make a good balance, kind of thing. And but at the end of the day, too, like I understand the people who are like you know at the same time i don't want a ton of consolidation i want you know it's kind of like our country's going like pretty soon it's just going to be rich people and poor people the the middle class keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller and that's where i don't want to see the double a space kind of go away where we don't have games like it takes two out there we don't have games that are at that level of you know they're either going to be large-scale triple a first party titles or small indie titles and I feel like there needs to be still room for that that middle ground that that random the crew that comes out from Ubisoft that's like eh, yeah it's the crew like uh, I'm glad somebody out there likes it obviously they keep making it but like you know how many people do you know kind of thing but I want that to exist so at the same time too that it could be possible with a Microsoft or whatever or ten cent or an Amazon or whoever would buy them but I to be honest thinking out loud with how friendly ubisoft is with google and stadia i mean Stadia's dead but they would probably be open to you know if if amazon reached out and said hey for luna or whatever like come to us like we'll put you on everything else but all your content comes day one to us and this and that and i don't know but it'll be interesting to kind of talk about because like i said i think this is going to be it's just going to keep getting more and more ratcheted up as we keep going on uh with you know more people coming more and more uh, publishers wanting to kind of enter into that, you know, hey, we want to we want to have somebody else kind of handle the, the back end of this. We want to focus on games again. So we shall see, Mike. That being said, I think that's going to do it for episode this week. Why don't you tell people, Mike, where they can find you on the Internet? Talk about everything we talked about. Elden Ring, From Software, Difficulty, all that jazz. Ubisoft potentially being bought up. Where can people find you to talk about all this on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter at T-O-Y-S-X-L-D-I-E-R. That's Toy Soldier in the second O is an X. Or you can find me on Twitch at MP underscore Toy Soldier. Nice. And as always, I'm your host, Travis White, a.k.a. Travelis on most internet platforms, including at Travelis underscore on Twitter. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S underscore. You can also find me streaming time to time on Twitch.tv slash Travelis underscore, same as Twitter and if you want to play some games with me, you can do so on Xbox Live, Steam, all that jazz. It's just regular old Travelist. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S. And this, ladies and gentlemen, has been your newest episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and of course, PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversation around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So, Be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, review us, all that jazz I tell you every week, wherever you get a podcast at. And follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast. Stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games like and our dope giveaways. Mike, it's going to do it for our episode this week. Thank you everyone so much for listening, sharing, and being a part of our growing community. Game on, wash your hands, listen to the doctors, Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week.